Good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing well? It is great to see you here this morning. Uh, I just got to say, I just love um, and appreciate more than anything Greg and Tammy's testimony. I tell you, Linnell and I have known Greg and Tammy for a long time, uh, longer than they've been coming to this church. And, and I tell you, uh, their story is a story of faith. And that's why uh, I am so thankful to hear that story because through everything, even through times of tremendous suffering uh, in their life, they have continued to trust God. And, you know, that's one of the things that is really, uh, really expected of us today as believers in Christ Jesus, each and every one of us, not only as individuals following Christ in our life and trusting Him in the ups and the downs, but also as a local body of believers who believes and tremendously believes that together we truly can make a difference. I love what, what Greg was saying when he was talking about God giving us an opportunity to walk with him, to be a part of kingdom building with him. God gives us an opportunity each and every day to be a part of something much greater than ourselves. And that's what, that's what not just vertical is about, that's what this church is about. And I pray that each and every one of us that are a part of this, that belong here, that believe in this work that God is doing, that have recognized that this is a mighty movement of God, I, I pray that we would be people who every day of our lives, our faith is continuing to grow and to be expanded, and our ability to trust God increases with every day that we live our life. And so that's my prayer this morning. Today is definitely a big day for our church. It's a huge day for our church. It's a, uh, we, we've said this already, it's a historical day for our church, but it's also a transitional day for our church. Today is a day where we cross the Jordan River, amen? Amen. I, you know, I was thinking when I got up and I, I got dressed and I came out to the truck and got ready to drive to, to church this morning, it was raining and it was gloomy and I got in my truck and and, uh, you know, the, the, the terminal windshield wipers on, it's just kind of a misty day. And I thought, man, I was kind of hoping for a bright day, you know, a, a brighter day, you know, than what we've had this weekend. And, and so I was riding and I was just thinking about it being a gloomy day. And, and honestly, I'll just be honest with you here. I was just a little bit discouraged because of the rain. I don't know why, but I was just a little bit discouraged. And then God just laid this on my heart. He says, Dave, you remember when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River? You've been preaching on it for the last couple of days. And obviously you need to step up, buddy, and be a man of faith. But, but the, the reality is, he says, you know, they crossed the Jordan River when the river was overflowing its banks. In other words, it was in its flood stages. And what brings a flood but rain? And I remember just thinking, man, they crossed, they had to have crossed during the rainy season of the year. And so God just encouraged me in such a huge way. And we have to continue to be people of faith as we live our life and trust him and just move forward in all that he's called us to do. I'm excited about the message today because I believe this is going to be an opportunity for us to, to really just be a part of something historical that God has called us to. And so, uh, you know, we've been seeing through the, the videos and, and the life, you know, the, the this series as we walk through it, so many historical things. And I was thinking about so many of you who may not have been a part of a lot of the things that we've shown in the past, but what we have today is something you are a part of. And 10 years from now, we'll be able to look back and you can say, I was a part of that. And so I tell you, for those of us who have been here since the beginning or for a long time, it's, 
it's really something amazing for us. And, and I hope that if you're new to our church uh, and you're plugging into our church, that you can be a part of this today as well. So it's a mighty movement of God. I believe that, and, uh, and I live like it is. And so I hope you do as well. Let's pray this morning, and we're going to dive into God's Word. Got an, uh, just an amazing message, not because of the deliverer, but because it's God's word this morning. And so let's pray and just ask God to, to just prepare our hearts for this message. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, God, for every great blessing that comes our way, knowing, God, that those blessings are from you. And Father, I pray that today as we dive into your word, as we, as we process everything that you would have us to hear and understand today, God, I pray that you would speak deeply in our hearts. Father, I pray that today would be a day where we, we place aside every distraction. God, every one of us in this room are dealing with things, God, that may stand in the way of us hearing from you. And so, Father, I pray that today would be a day where we can place those distractions to the side. And, Lord, our, our sole prayer would be this morning that we would just clearly hear from you, God, and, and understand that which you would have us to be involved in and be a part of. God, we love you so much. And we thank you, God, for everything that you're going to teach us today. We thank you for your word that, that God is just so inspiring to us and so encouraging and also many times leads us to a place of conviction. God, we acknowledge today that, God, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But praise God, you sent your son to die on a cross, to atone for our sins. And Father, may we remember Jesus in every moment of our lives. Lord, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, the message is titled, Committing for God's Glory. Committing for God's Glory. We're going to continue through Joshua, so go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Joshua. We're going to be looking today at chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. But the, the title is titled Committing for God's Glory. And, and really the reason I titled it Committing for God's Glory is, is just believing that everything we do with our life, every decision that we make, every move that we take, every action that we are a part of, every, everything that we're involved in as believers in Christ Jesus should be done for the glory of God. And so the reality is we are created for this idea of of worshiping God, of bringing glory to God, of praising and honoring God with our life. Every aspect of who we are as, as Christ followers should be ran through the filter of whether or not what we do brings glory to God. And so this morning as we get ready to dive into the, the word, I was just thinking that last week we were looking at the people of Israel, God's chosen people. As they took a huge step of faith to cross that Jordan River, we were talking about that last week and, and how you know they, they, they just moved forward in just a, an amazing act of obedience. And as they took a step into the river, it was God who then did his part to allow his people a safe passage across this river so that they could go into that land which God had promised. And so we were talking about that last week. But today's passage is, to me, equally exciting. And I'll tell you why. Because what we see is we see God's people who have embraced both involvement and commitment. Involvement and commitment. God's people coming together to, to be a part of something much greater than themselves. 
And, and I don't know about you here today. I, I don't know where you stand in this. Maybe you're in agreement with me on this, but I don't believe there's anything greater or more satisfying than belonging to a faith family that is intent on carrying out the will of God and, and doing something much greater than ourselves, to be a part of something that is bigger than anything that we could do as individuals. And so, so this is what we see in this passage today, and I, I, I'm excited about diving into this. The people embrace the mission of God, they're committed to the vision of God, and they do all of this for the glory of God. And so I'm just very excited about diving into this message today and seeing what God will teach us through his word. So we're in Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and we read together these words. It says in verse 1, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each a tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in a place where you will lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take, it, take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall teach them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. I love this text because I believe that it can teach the local church so much about who God is and, and what our expectations are as, as followers of Christ Jesus. In, in this passage, we see, we see so many truths that, that really teach us something here today as, as a church that is embracing a spiritual initiative to, to continue to move forward in that which God would call us to do, in carrying out the mission of God by believing in the vision of God to reach this community and the community surrounding us and ultimately the ends of the earth for God's glory, to reach them with the message of Christ, a message of hope that is found only in Christ Jesus. And so as I look at this passage, I realize that there is so much here that we can learn from. And we see God's people responding in faith, but we see so much more here because what we see is we see the people of God who really have, at this moment in their life, a kingdom focus, a kingdom focus. You know, this is something a lot of individuals and in churches in America, I think, struggle with. That is a kingdom focus. I, I believe that, that churches in America and churches, individual followers of Christ, oftentimes struggle with having this kingdom-mindedness. And I believe that there are really, when you, when you look at it and you, you sort of drill down on the issue, you begin to realize that there's, there's several issues or major obstacles that really keep us from having a kingdom focus. You know, one of those things that I, I wrote down, I jotted that, 
I was just thinking about what is it that keeps us from thinking about the, the kingdom of God or wanting to participate in advancing the kingdom of God. And one of those things that I thought, obviously, instead of having an outwardly or kingdom-minded focus, would be an inward focus. That would definitely be one of these obstacles that would keep us from thinking about the things of God. If we have an inward focus, it means we're constantly thinking of self. If we have an inward uh, focus, it means that we, as a church, look at ourselves. And, 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 and many times we see this where churches will build walls around themselves to protect them from what lies outside rather than embracing the mission of God to go outside of these walls and to carry with them the gospel message of Christ. And so oftentimes an inward focus can, can be a great obstacle to having a kingdom mindset. Another thing that I wrote down was the magnitude of vision. The magnitude of vision. Oftentimes when we, when, we, when we start looking at what God may call us to, to do, we begin to realize that that which God is calling us to is much greater than, than really sometimes life itself. I mean, sometimes as an individual, God may be calling us to, to make a shift in, 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 in following him into uh, a career path of, uh, of, of carrying the great kingdom, uh, the great message of, uh, of Christ to the world. In other words, we, we might recognize that God's calling us to ministry and, and calling us to be a missionary or a church planter or something of that nature. And, and for us as, as just people, sometimes the vision that God presents to us is very overwhelming. And so sometimes the magnitude of what God is calling us to is just overwhelming. Oftentimes churches, I think, just get sort of overwhelmed with with, with a project or, or a direction that God is calling them to initiate as a local body of believers. And so um, the magnitude of the vision. And then the last one that I want to mention, and this one I think is, is probably one of the most important obstacles to having a kingdom mindset, is this, is having spiritual apathy. You know, it just seems that in, in the churches all across America these days, and there just seems to be so many people that would recognize themselves as, as followers of Christ Jesus but no longer care about prayer. They no longer care about spiritual disciplines. They just live their life going through the motions of Christianity. And what they have embraced instead of a kingdom mindset is spiritual apathy. In other words, just being okay with where things are at. And so these are just a few of the obstacles that would maybe stop us from having a kingdom mindset. But what we see in this text is we see the people of God who firmly believe that the greatest thing that they could do, in other words, to live their life in obedience, would be to surrender to that which God is calling them to do. No matter how big the task, no matter how how huge it may seem that what they have surrendered to is the idea that following God is better than anything else in the world. And we too, as a local body, we want to have this, in, this, this kingdom mindset. We don't want to live our life with an inward focus or, uh, or, or, or a fear of, of a big vision or even live our life in spiritual apathy. And so in this text... There are several key lessons I believe that we can learn from today, and I want to I go over these with you this morning. The first one is this. This is the first lesson that, that I think the church can learn from this, 
is first of all, we should take an active role in God's mission. We should take an active role in God's mission. Now, here's what I wanna point out to us this morning is that I am speaking to everyone in this room. Not just me, not just the leadership, not just the life group leaders, not just the the spiritually mature, but I believe what this passage shows us is that everybody in this room should take an active role in the mission of God. Look at what our text says, how it starts off here in verse one. And I love this. The, The first four words of this passage is this, when all the nation. In other words, when all the nation had passed over. You see, what we don't see in this passage is people saying, you know what, Joshua has lost his mind. I'm not crossing that Jordan River. I'm not going over to the other side. I don't, hadn't forgotten what my, my grandfather told me about the giants that live on the other side. I, I, I've, I've already got an established uh, camp set up here. Why, why break all this down and go to the other side? No, we see that, that the whole nation of Israel crossed the river. And so I, I look at this and I think about this truth as, as we think about the vision that God has called us to be as a local church. I think about this truth that it takes every single one of us to accomplish what God expects of us. All of us must be a part. If we're going to say that this is our church, if we're going to belong as a faith family to one another, then we must all move together as a a local body of believers committed on reaching our communities for Christ. We must all go together. And so one of the things that we see here, I love this, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, it takes every one of us. This past week, I thought it was really interesting, you know, as we were processing the Go offering and thinking about it and talking about it as a staff, I got a phone call from uh, Joey Weisenbaker in the church, and and he he said, David, we're not going to be here this weekend. And I was like, well, you know, I hope you get saved wherever you are. But he was telling me that he was not going to be here this weekend, but that wasn't that didn't mean that they weren't committed or anything. But, but as they were preparing to leave, he was talking to his little son, Grayson, and he was telling him that, you know, we were not going to be here this weekend because the children had received a little, a little bank, a little brick that they could put what monies that they wanted to contribute to this project. And so Grayson brought up this thing. He says, well, what about the go offering? I mean, little, little Grayson, I mean, they're just sharing with him about the reality of going out of town. And he says, what about the go offering? And so they they said, well, why don't we pray about what you want to put in the go offering in your box, and, and, then, and then we'll send it to church. He says, no, I want to take it, Pastor David. I want to take it. And so Trista goes into the room with them, and they, they pray about, uh, about how much he will do. And so he comes out of the room, and, he, and Grayson looks up at his dad. And he says, well, did you pray about how much you're going to give? And he says, yep, Dad, I think God wants me to give it all. Everything I've got. And Joey looks at Grayson and he says, Grayson, you've been saving for that, for that big toy that you want. You don't have to give it all now. You can give some of it. I mean, think about what you're doing. I don't want to hear about it when you don't have that anymore, you know. And, and he says, Dad, you told me to pray about it. And so little Grayson puts everything he has into that box. They bring it up to the church and me and Gabe met him up here. 
And I just tell you, I can't believe how awesome it is to think about a, a child who, who takes everything he's been saving and crams it into a little box, a little brick that now weighs 48 pounds, filled with change and got dollars poking out of that thing. And, and he says, this is what God has called me to do. And I, I think about that because even the children of our church, it takes us all to carry out that mission which God has called us to carry out. It takes every one of us coming together. And this is what we see here in this passage is, is it says, when all the nation. I, I, I'm so glad that the word of God didn't say, when some of the nation passed by and the others sat on the other side in disobedience. I'm so glad that that's not what we see in God's word. I'm glad that the, 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 this, the lesson that we have from this is that people came together. You think there were disobedient? I mean, there was uh, disagreement among them? I'm sure there was. We're people, right? They were people. I'm sure there was some, some uncertainty, some, some fear. I think some were probably more scared than others. And, but the reality is they, they pulled it together. They were in alignment in the end, and they crossed that Jordan River together. How much more powerful does it get than that? I love what Henry Ford once said. He says this. He says, coming together is a beginning. Staying together is progress. But working together is success. I want to be the church. I always want to be the church, even after I'm gone. I want this to be the church that says, you know what? We will trust God to reach this community for Jesus Christ because that's what God has called us to do. As a local body, we all have gifts that we should use. We all have responsibilities to take that we must make. We're all gifted in different ways, and that's why it's so critical that we all come together and use those gifts and use our resources and use everything that we have to accomplish what God is calling us to do. About 15 years ago, somebody told Linnell and I about a TV show that had just come out called Survivor. Some of you can't believe it's 15 years old, but it is. It's a, it's a, it's a TV show. I don't really watch it too much anymore, but... But, I mean, for the first season or two, I was sort of intrigued by it. But this, this idea of Survivor was really intriguing to me. And most of you know the story. I don't have to really tell you. But, but in Survivor, what they do is they send 16 to 22 castaways to a, a desolate place. Most of the time, it's a deserted island somewhere. And when they get them to the island, they divide them up into two teams. And they have to work together in these two teams, but, but each week they're voting different people off the island. And so as they come together and they begin to work together and they're, they're striving together, it, it never fails. You always have one team as they're gathering firewood, as they're collecting water, as they're building shelter, as they're uh, making a fire, as they're doing all the things, collecting food, because they don't give them anything. I mean, they've got to survive on this island. There's, there's always one team that is just, you know, they come together, they work hard, they go out and they, they build a shelter, and then there's always the other team, and like half of them are sitting over there on a log just kind of moping about being on this desert island, and, and the others are sitting there going, man, I wish they would help. I mean, we could accomplish so much more, and it never fails. Those are the first ones to get voted off the island, but it amazes me how the strongest teams are always the ones that come together. And believe, I mean, you know, do they have differences? Just watch the show. <laughs> they do. But they, they, they come together and they work hard and they build their shelter and they, they collect their food and they, they're, they're able to eat and they have water and they have all the things that they need to continue on. 
I look at this passage and I just see this and it's just so amazing to me that all the people, you know, as the church, Jesus never intended for any of us to sit on the sideline. As the local body of believers, Jesus never intended for not one of us to sit on the sideline. He challenges all of us to be a part, to belong, to contribute, to to use our spiritual gift, that which God has called us to use. I love in Galatians 6, it tells us, uh, it teaches us about bearing one another's burdens, but it also tells us to test our own works. And it challenges us with this truth that each one of us must pull our own weight. And so this is what we see here in this passage. We must all take an active role in God's mission. His mission is the church, and the church's mission is to make disciples. And that's what we must do together. The second lesson that I saw here that was really amazing to me was not just that we must all come together and be a part, but but to commit to future generations. This one really hit me right between the eyes as I was studying the text and I was, I was meditating on the word of God and, and seeing all that God was calling us to do. And, and, and I saw this, this, and it just really amazed me, to commit to future generations. If that's not outward focus, I don't know what is. You know, many times when, when we process what we are doing or what we're going to commit to with our lives, many times in that process, we think about us. We think about how it's going to benefit us, how, how we can receive or, 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 you know, just be blessed by the things that we do. But here what we see in the Word of God is this focus that is not just on the day, the present time, the moment in which they're living, but to also to consider their children when their children would come to them and the opportunity it presents to them when they have an opportunity to impact future generations. You know, we said in this vertical series that the subtitle of this series is Building Up the Future generations, building up generations of disciples. In other words, building up, making sure that, that after we're long gone, that there's still the active work of raising disciples and reaching the lost for the glory of God. And so here in this passage, I think this is really interesting because vertical is about building up generations of disciples. Vertical is about investing in the lives of people. It's not just about a building. It's about investing in people. And look at this passage today, starting with verse 5. Let me read this to you again. It says, And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Look at this now. And take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel. So that this may be a sign among you. Now look at this. Verse 6 here. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them of the waters of the Jordan that were cut off. Now, let me just explain this to you. Let me put this into perspective here this morning because I think this is phenomenal. You know what the Word of God is teaching us? And I, I can just really see this being played out. But the Word of God is, is, is telling us a story. It's revealing to us what is going to happen in the days to come. 
In other words, take these stones from the river and take these stones and build a memorial to, to the glory of God. Because the day will come when children will come and they will say, what do these stones mean? And, <clears throat> excuse me, and you can say, I'm so glad you asked. Because these stones represent the power of God in our life. These stones represent the reality that our God is a God of provision. These stones represent a reality that, that you need to understand as a young child. You need to understand that you need to trust God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. These stones represent not only redemption, but they re represent a life in Christ Jesus. A life by a holy God. I just love this. When the children come and ask. You know, I, I was looking at that. Do you realize how much of a reality that is? If we have children here today, I bet you your child asks a lot of questions, don't they? I can remember a time when my dad looked at me one time. He said, son, gosh, you ask a lot of questions. You know? It's, it's what we do as children, isn't it? As a granddad, I can't wait till my grandchildren come up to me and say, hey, granddaddy, I know that you're the smartest guy on the earth, so I wanted to ask you a question. When our grandchildren come, when my grandchildren come and they say, hey, granddad, why is the sky blue? And then I'm going to have to make up something because I don't even know the answer to that. But children are so inquisitive, aren't they? Children are going to ask the questions. And what I love about this is as the memorial is being constructed, there's already this idea that future generations will want to know what this memorial is all about. And what it provides is an opportunity to talk about God. So there's this focus on future generations it's about investing into people. It's about giving because we believe in the vision and the mission to make disciples, not just because we might desire a new building, but that for generations to come, people may know of God. I, I, I love this. I, David Horner once said this, and here's, here's what I'm trying to communicate here this morning. You know, in the building up of generations of disciples, we must allow the Holy Spirit of God to, to drive us in that. I mean, we're, we're honestly, uh, apart from Christ Jesus, we're not going to have the desires to care about future generations. That's something God's going to do within us. As, as followers of Christ Jesus, as authentic believers in Christ Jesus, the, the Spirit of God dwells within us, and we must, we must pray and ask God to reveal the things that He would have us to understand as a faith family. And so we want to be driven by the Holy Spirit of God. And, and you see, what we see here in this passage is that the, the Lord is basically revealing to them that future generations will ask you, and I'm giving you an excellent opportunity to build this memorial and, and touch base with me. I, I, point to me. David Horner, I love him, uh, this, this quote by him. He wrote the book, When Mission Shapes Mission. And I love this. He says, if our motivation to be his witnesses is just an obligation to keep a commandment, it cannot compare to what happens when our hearts are controlled and compelled by the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. I love that. What, what David is saying is basically this. We shouldn't give because 
just because the Bible says to give. We shouldn't go out and make disciples just because we know that the rule is, that the number one rule that God has for us as a church is to make disciples. That shouldn't be what's driving us to go out and make disciples. That shouldn't be what's driving us to give to something like the, uh, the vertical initiative. It should instead be the Holy Spirit of God who is working within us, and it's that inner working of the Holy Spirit that prompts us and leads us and guides us to do everything that we do. Let us be the church that is led by the Holy Spirit. That's why we have been saying for the last few weeks to process and what? And to pray. We don't want anybody giving out of out of uh, some sort of inner sense of responsibility. We want people giving because their heart says, I want to follow God and what God has laid on my heart is to give. So committing to the future generations, being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Today, we're not just investing in a new building. We're investing in generations to come. Why? Because we want to. I love what Psalm 127.3 says. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb of reward. Children are a heritage from the Lord. We need to value the reality that our children are the future of this church. And not only our children, but children we haven't even met yet. People that haven't even come here yet. People that will come, we've got to value people. The last thing that I want to point out here this morning is this. Is that the Bible also teaches us to praise and honor God. To praise and honor God. It says here in in the last part of verse 7, it says this. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. These stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. One of the things that we should strive for is a life that glorifies God. I love 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31. It says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. It's sort of a, a, a life verse for me. But quite honestly, it should be for all of us as followers of Christ Jesus, knowing that we have been created for worship knowing that we have been created to bring glory to God. And so this is such an important reminder for us in 1 Corinthians 10.31 that whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, whatever it is that we're involved in, whatever mission we take, whatever move we we make, that, that it should be for the glory of God. And what a reminder to just be reminded of praising and worshiping God. Here we see in this passage that that these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. These stones, this memorial that they're building of these stones is is, is a memorial. These stones represent just how great God is. We will worship him. We will speak of him. We will shout the name of Jesus from the rooftops. And when our children come and say, what do these stones mean? We'll say, I'm so glad you asked. I want to tell you. These stones are a memorial to our great God. These stones 
point to the reality that we believe that God is worthy of our praise and our honor and to be trusted and to be people of faith. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. I love that. Let us live our lives so that the fruit of our lips is to glorify God. The fruit of our lips is to proclaim his glorious name. The fruit of our lips is to continually tell others about how wonderful our Savior really is. I love that. This is our mission. The people of Israel, for them to bring the stones and make this memorial allowed them the opportunity to tell others about God. This morning, after the message and, and during our time when we would typically sing that last song, we want to challenge you to do something this morning. We want to extend an invitation this morning for you to bring your go offering and present it to, to the Lord uh, and also to do something else. You, you may, if you have a seat where you can see this pile of stones down here, I want to tell you what we're going to do this morning. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, uh, we're going to, we want to invite you to come down. And you'll notice that over here on this side and this side, we have these large buckets. And we want to place our go offering in those buckets and, and present to the Lord our gift to, to, to this vertical initiative. But here's what, we also else, uh, what else we want you to do. After you place your go offering in the bucket. We want you to come down, and down front here in the middle, we have a big pile of stones. And what we'd like for you to do is to take one of these stones. Every member of your family, take a stone. And what we'd like to do is ask you to take that stone home with you and place it somewhere where you will remember when you see that stone to pray for this vertical initiative. But not just to build a building, but that we would continue to reach our community with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So place it somewhere, keep it as a keepsake for, for a moment. But here's what we want to do with these stones. Ultimately, during the construction phase of this initiative, when we are beginning to pour concrete, when we're beginning to build this building, we want to have a special time for us as a church to bring this, these stones back to the church to be used as a memorial so that when our children come to this place and they say, Granddad, what do these stones mean? We can say, can I tell you about Jesus and how awesome he is and how great he is? Can I tell you what these stones mean to me? They're just not, they're not just decorations in this church. These stones mean to me, Caroline, that we serve a mighty God. These stones mean to me, Caroline, that, that God is so awesome. And I pray for the day when you would know him as your personal Lord and Savior. I pray that one day you too would have the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ because he is my everything. 
These stones are just stones, but they point to the reality that I believe in an awesome and powerful God. And what he did when we built this memorial is he brought a church together that the church would come together. And through our efforts together, we would raise this building, which really is just a tool to proclaim to our community that God is glorious. That God is glorious. That God is glorious. I want to use those stones again. I want to use those stones to reach my grandchildren. I want to use those stones to reach your children, all for the sake of Jesus Christ. And to God be the glory. To God be the glory. That's what I want those stones to be used for. So we want to invite you to come and bring your go offering. I under I do realize that some of you have probably gone online and done it online. That's, that's a possibility. And so I don't want you to feel awkward if you come down and just pick up a stone. We know that some of you and many of you may, in fact, be giving online. That's an opportunity that you have here. But we encourage you to come, each and every one of us. My prayer is that every single person, and I know we have a big crowd. We're okay with that. But every single person in this room who would call this place home, who would call this place a faith family, we want to invite you to come and give and to take a stone that we may use those in the days to come. Jesus said in John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such peoples to worship Him. I'm going to pray. And then let us all come. And let us worship God through our giving and through the taking of a small stone. Let us take it seriously. Let us worship Him. For He is worthy of our worship. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. God, thank you for... God, the greatest message that you've ever given us. A message of hope. A message of truth. A message of Jesus. Father, my prayer this morning is that every single one of us in this room knows you. And our, my prayer this morning, Father, is that the children that are in these hallways, God, that, that are in these rooms outside of this worship center, Father, that, that today they would be hearing about Jesus. Father, we love you so much. And God, we recognize that you are so worthy of everything that we could possibly offer. Father, let us be people today who respond in faith. Let us be people who give sacrificially. Let us be people who believe above everything else in our life, that 
you are glorious and so worthy of living for. And it's in Jesus' name that we give. And it's in Jesus' name that we go. In his name we pray. Amen.